0: Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that, right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mankus. I want to give you a heads up about today's episode. And that is that I'm going to tell you some things that you are not going to want to hear. I'm going to tell you a few things about the parents at your school that might be a little bit triggering. And some of these things may be hard to hear, but I'm confident that this episode can help you build Better relationships with all of the parents at your school, not just the difficult parents. Because on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to discuss the five things that are probably true about the parents at your school. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you a free gift. It's called the Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. This guide is an 11-page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to have better meetings with the parents at your school. Every good coach has a game plan. Every good teacher has a lesson plan. But I think that too many private school leaders don't have a plan when they sit down to meet with an upset parent. Well, now you have a plan. And you can grab this free guide at the privateschoolleader.com meeting. If you want to feel more confident and be less stressed when you meet with a parent, then you can grab the seven steps to having successful meetings with upset parents over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash meeting. And since we're talking about parents on today's episode, I want to let you know about another free gift for you, another guide called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. And we know that this is part of the job, working with parents, and we're going to talk on today's episode about how 95% of them are workable or great or fantastic, um, and nine, and then 5% of them can be really, really, really challenging. Um, but this guide can give you the tools that you need to build better relationships and have better meetings with the most difficult parents at your school. And you can go to the privateschoolleader.com parents to get that guide. So again, I just want to say thank you for listening every week to the podcast and uh, I want to give you those two free gifts. And the first one you can get at the slash meeting and the second one at the slash parents Jump into today's topic and the five things that are probably true about the parents at your school. Number one, 95% are workable or even better. Number two, 5% cannot be reasoned with. Number three, they work hard to pay for their tuition dollars. Number four, they have stuff going on that we don't know about. And number five, they want to be heard and have their feelings validated. So number one, this might be one that's hard to believe, but 95% of our parents are workable or better. And I'm not just pulling that number out of the sky. I want to kind of give you the idea of where that number is coming from. And there's a book called Hopes and Fears by um, Dr. Robert Evans and Dr. Michael Thompson. It's uh, published by NAIS. And um, it is an easy read. It's only 120 pages long. It's a little bit of a pricey book for 120 pages, but it is a book that I believe should be in every private school in the world and should be read by the leaders of that school at least once a year. So that's a pretty big statement, but that's how important this book is. And Dr. Uh, Thompson, Dr. Evans, they have consulted with thousands of private schools over a period of 30 years, and their data, their perception, their history, their experience shows that parents fall kind of along this 95%, 5% line of 95% being workable or better and 5% being Well, we'll talk about them in a moment, but um, also I would say that over my 32 years as a private school leader, that um, I would agree with those numbers. And um, so here's the problem. You know, some of our parents are basically fine. You know, some are tough, but workable. Some are amazing. Um, Some, you know, we look forward to interacting with them, but If I close my eyes and I think about parents at my school currently or over my career, the ones that I see are in the 5%, not in the 95%. And why is that? Well, there's actually two uh, things that are in brain science that explain that. And it's negativity bias and confirmation bias. And I want to talk about that for a moment because I think it's really important for us not to get so caught up in thinking about the 5% of our parents that are extremely difficult, that we forget about the 95% of our parents that are workable or better. And so negativity bias is the tendency to pay more attention to to negative information than to positive information. And more weight is given to negative experiences over neutral or positive experiences. And so in our lives, you know, if someone asks us about a bad date that we went on um, when we were dating, um, we can remember that bad date immediately, but we don't necessarily remember all of the good dates Um, with different partners, different um, boyfriends or girlfriends that we went out with. Um, Another example is, is that if someone asks you about your experience in school, most people, research will support this, they will think first about a negative experience with a classmate or a teacher. It's negativity bias. And so to apply that to our private schools, We think about the 5%, we think about the difficult parents first, and that kind of overtakes the reality of the fact that the majority, the vast majority of our parents are workable or better. So the first is negativity bias, why that happens, and then the second is confirmation bias. And we really tend to paint parents at our schools with a broad brush, and certainly our teachers do that as well. And confirmation bias, as you probably know, is the tendency to search, interpret, and recall information in a way that aligns with our pre-existing values, opinions, and beliefs. So, for example, when a parent um, acts inappropriately, or a parent gets really angry, or we get an email with a lot of capital letters and a lot of exclamation points, then we're like, yep, see, parents are awful. And that's confirmation bias. And so... Fact number one uh, that is probably true about the parents at your school is is that 95% of them are workable or better. All right, number two, 5% cannot be reasoned with. 5% of your parents just can't be reasoned with. And back in episode 26, I did an episode called How to Handle the 5% of Parents that are trying to destroy your school. And I actually used part of a chapter in the book that I was referring to by Dr. Thompson and Dr. Evans, Hopes and Fears. And I just want to pause here and give a little bit of a trigger warning for you. Um, You know, you might be walking the dog or working out or running errands or driving to or from work. And uh, maybe you don't want to hear things about the 5% of the parents that are living rent-free in your head. But I want to just read you something. I don't usually read long quotes on the podcast, but this one is so accurate that I feel compelled to do so. Um, In the book, Hopes and Fears, Dr. Thompson, Dr. Evans, this is how they describe the 95%. Excuse me, they describe the 5% of our parents. Quote, they can't be reasoned with, they can't be soothed, they're abrasive, unhappy, aggressive, mistrustful, and that relationship can last for several years. Virtually, they have virtually no capacity for self reflection. Sometimes it is relentless criticism. And sometimes it's very situational with a flare-up and a resolution and a flare-up and a resolution with radio silence in between. They are widely discussed and avoided and feared by your teachers, end quote. So I know that I just described some parents and those parents, they just, you know, their faces popped into your, into your mind. And uh, in the book the um, Thompson and Evans describe the five percenters, they put them into three different categories. Number one, the anxious and incompetent; number two, the unresponsive, and number three, the intimidators. And again, I'll refer you to um, episode 26, and I will link that in the show notes. You can find the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 52, and it goes into great detail as to how to work with the anxious and incompetent, the unresponsive, and the intimidators. But according to Evans and Thompson, there are two overarching challenges with the 5% of our parents that are just almost completely impossible to work with. The first is boundary breaking. There's the persistent asking or telling of wanting to make significant exceptions to school policies. So they just want to break boundaries. And then number two, you can't reason with them. And you know when you're having a conversation with someone and you're trying to use uh, logic, you're trying to use reason, and they're coming from a place of emotion and possibly a place of some mental health uh, issues or some childhood trauma or extreme narcissism or extreme entitlement or a mixture of all of the above um, that you can't use logic and you can't reason with them. And so each of those parents need to be dealt with differently. But the common theme is, is that you as the leader, you need to get involved and you know, your, your teachers, um, you know, they're, they need to to try. Um, They need to communicate. But if those parents in that 5% start to get um, inappropriate, then you need to get involved and you need to set limits with those parents. And so, again, they are, they want to break boundaries. So we have to set clear limits and we can't reason with them. And so don't try. Just shorter conversations. Um, ex, uh, you don't have to explain yourself 17 times or try to explain the rule or get into a battle of wits with them, very short conversations about this is what we're going to do and kind of go from there. And so again, I know that that sounds too good to be true. It sounds, you know, it's easier said than done. Um, But again, I will link episode 26 in the show notes and I think it's worth a listen or a re-listen to help you handle that 5%. So we're talking about the five things that are probably true about the parents at your school. Number one, 95% are workable or better. Number two, 5% can't be reasoned with. And number three, your parents work hard to pay the tuition. So this one might be a little bit cringy because we often don't like to think about our schools as a business. But it is a business. They, the parents provide, they, they pay us money in tuition dollars, and we provide a service. At its very core, our schools are businesses. Now, they may be not-for-profit businesses, but they are businesses nonetheless. And so I think it's important for us to remember that our parents, with their jobs, with all the things that they do, Um, that they work hard to pay those tuition dollars. And I want to give you a quick, I want to tell you a quick story about something that I see almost every morning when I'm driving to school. And so on my route to school, I pass a house. It's about, I don't know, um, maybe a quarter of a mile from my school. I'm almost to school when I pass this house. And around 7.15 a.m., I'd say probably two or three mornings a week, I see the same thing. And that is, I see um, this, this mom of uh, two of our students, two former students, and I saw this for years, the oldest or the youngest child just graduated um, this past spring. So for many years, I saw this, um, that the mom um, would get out of her car around 7.15 a.m. She has cane. She has kind of a physical problem with her legs and she's getting out of her car with her cane and she's walking up the front sidewalk headed towards the front door of her house. And at the same time, her husband, the dad of these two girls, he's getting into this white box truck that's parked in the driveway and he's leaving for work for the day. And I saw that so many times over the years and that just really stuck with me as a reminder that these parents, many of them, most of them, they work really hard and they're entrusting us with their children. They're sending their children and their money to our school. You know, I told you at the top of the episode that I'm going to tell you a couple things that you're not going to want to hear. And this might be one of those things, you know, before the days of facts, um, and by facts, I mean the tuition, um, accounting, uh, where it's set up and it's an auto deduction from the, um, from the checking account of the parent. That's pretty common these days. It's been pretty common for a long time, but I'm talking about in the nineties. Um, you know, at my previous school, we just, people sent us a check once a month and they could choose the 10 payment plan, 10 month payment plan or the 12 month payment plan. And I remember one year I had a title, to a 1988 Camaro sitting in a folder in my desk drawer for almost the entire school year. And a dad gave that to me um, as, I guess, collateral um, for the fact that he owed a lot of tuition and he was having financial difficulties, but he had a son and a daughter in our school and he was desperate to keep them in the school. And he did landscaping work And um, towards the end of the school year, once the weather started getting better, and then for most of that summer, um, he worked like an animal um, on our grounds um, all over the campus with the landscaping work to uh, pay off that debt. And so I just think it's important for us to remember that this is probably true about the parents at your school is, is that they work hard to pay tuition. All right. Number four, we're talking about the five things that are probably true about the parents at your school. Number one, 95% are workable or better. Number two, 5% can't be reasoned with. Number three, they work hard to pay their tuition. And number four, they have stuff going on that we don't know about. So, I mentioned before a story about um, something that I see often when I drive to school. And that's towards the end of my commute, and I'm almost to the school. But I see something else almost every morning, and this one's pretty close to my house. It's it's less than a mile from my house. I am driving down a side street, and about that time of day, this would be around 6.45 a.m., there's a little bus that pulls up, turns on its lights, and there's a teenage girl um, with one of her parents in the driveway, and she has her white cane. Um, she's blind, and she gets on her little bus, and they take her to the school for the blind in our area. And I've been seeing that for years. I don't know how old this young lady is, but, you know, I'm just trying to paint that picture that, you know, we don't know what these parents have going on in their in their lives. Um, you know, sometimes we do, but, you know, an elderly parent, um, you know, I'll give you another example. I remember... I have this, there's this mom um, had uh, two of her kids in our school and had a very good relationship with this mom. Well, one day she comes to the school and she's all upset about something and we just had a really bad meeting. It was just very unexpected and big surprise because I had always had good working relationship and good experiences and good meetings with this parent. Well, I came to find out the next day, that when she came to the school, she had just left the vet and uh, she had just put her dog down, her um, 13-year-old dog. And so, you know, I always like to say we all have stuff. It's just different stuff. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse for you to be a doormat that, you know, well, parents have stuff going on. And so that means that they can come in and be inappropriate and be verbally abusive and be, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we need to lead with empathy and try to put ourselves in their shoes and also to try to put on those empathy goggles and i've mentioned that in a previous episode that these quote-unquote empathy goggles are these magic goggles where when you're talking to somebody you imagine that you're putting on these goggles and that you can magically see the world through their eyes and when you think about that and you pause and you do that i promise you It will make a difference and that we will just remember that they have stuff going on that we don't know about. Okay, and that brings us to number five on the list of things that are probably true about the parents at your school. Number five, they want to be heard and have their feelings validated. And so in my experience, I would say that about 90% 90 of parents, so all the parent meetings that I've had over the past 32 years, I would say that in 90% of the cases, that the parents really want two things. They want to feel heard, and they want to have their feelings validated. So the big question is, well, how? Okay, well, I did another episode. I did an episode on that. It's episode 29, and it's called How Three Little Words Can Change the Way That You Lead. And I will link episode 29 in the show notes at the slash episode 52. And the three little words that will change the way that you lead are the words, first of all. And I want to tell you what I mean by saying, first of all. So I used to listen to parents when they were talking but I wasn't really listening because I was listening with the intent to respond. And when you're listening with the intent to respond, you're thinking about the, the um, you know, how you're going to solve the problem, what you're going to say, how you're going to give a rebuttal to the thing that they said that was incorrect. And it's not really listening. Okay. And then also I've found that if I start with, so that's what I was doing. I was, I was not really listening. I was listening with the intent to respond, ready to pounce and just deal with the problem or tell them how they were incorrect or just whatever. Okay. And so a couple years ago, I started to do something that I try to do um, all the time after a parent has talked to me for a while and it's my turn to talk the first three words that I say are first of all. So let me give you two examples. So try this one on for size. Let's say that a parent is talking to me and they stop talking and it's my turn to talk and I say first of all this sounds really really hard for Olivia and for you too. Moving to a new school and a new city can be really challenging and I can see why Olivia is feeling left out when she sees her classmates doing things outside of school. And so I'm not agreeing with the parent. And in this instance, this was a family that had moved from another uh, state and they wanted to, they just wanted right away for this, this um, child, um, obviously her name's not Olivia, but this child to be um, in the friend groups. And they were upset that on social media, the other girls in the class were out doing stuff And Olivia wasn't or had not yet been invited to do those things. And so I I wasn't like promising that I'm going to fix that and make them be friends with her and make them invite her to Starbucks and, you know, all those things. But I I validated their feelings and they felt heard because I started with first of all. And then the second example I want to give you is, let's try this one. First of all, I want to say that sounds very difficult, and I can see why that would be upsetting for Jacob. From his perspective, he comes to all the practices, and he's wondering why he isn't getting more playing time. So you can put two and two together and figure out what that conversation was about. Um, and so I didn't like promise and say, well, I'm going to talk to the coach and make sure that Jacob's in the game the whole game. Um, I just started off by saying that sounds really hard and I can see why that would be upsetting and tried to see things from Jacob's perspective. And, you know, and then, of course, the conversation will continue. But I, th- I just think it's so important, the first words that we say when it's our turn to talk. And so I just it's worked for me. I just recommend it for you. Um, and so if if truth number five, that's that's probably true about the parents at your school is that they want to be heard and have their feelings validated. One of the ways to do that that I've found to be very effective is to say, first of all, and here's the thing, if the first words out of your mouth are correcting inaccuracies in what the parents said or responding to accusations that they made or giving a rebuttal or, you know, immediately giving, you know, advice and solving the problem, you're probably not going to have a productive meeting. Um, and I'm not saying you won't get to those items eventually, especially if they're saying things that aren't true. I'm just saying that that's not the first thing that you're going to say. So we've talked about the five things that are probably true about the parents at your school. Number one, 95% are workable or better. And I admitted that it's really hard to remember the 95% when the 5% take up so much of your emotional energy. And it's really good It's a really good thing to try to focus on the good parents, and the reason that it's so hard is because of negativity bias and confirmation bias. All right, number two, 5% cannot be reasoned with. Uh, Dr. Evans and Dr. Thompson call them the 5%ers in their book, Hopes and Fears, and I'll link that book in the show notes. They refer to three groups, the anxious and incompetent, the unresponsive, the intimidators, but... Basically, the bottom line is, is that you can't reason with them. You can't use logic when it's an emotional conversation, and it's all about boundary breaking for them and unreasonable requests. And so you just need clear boundaries and then stick to your policies. Number three on the list of things that are probably true about the parents at your school is is that they work hard to pay the tuition. Just remember how hard they work and how much they pay And, and I know that it might feel a little gross sometimes to think about it in the form of a business, but I'll tell you what, most mornings when I would see that mom with her cane getting out of her car, coming home from her night job and see the dad leaving early in the morning for his day job, it reminded me how hard our parents work. Number four, they have stuff going on that we don't know about. I talked about the blind uh, daughter the family that put their dog down. Now, again, it's not an excuse to be verbally abused or for them to be super inappropriate, but if we can lead with empathy and put on those empathy goggles, it's going to make a big difference. And then number five, in my experience, about 95, excuse me, about 90% of parents just wanna be heard and have their feelings validated. And that's probably true about the parents at your school also. And the way we're gonna do that is, is that we're going to have the first three words that we say be first of all. And then we're going to acknowledge their feelings and val- validate their feelings. And we're going to, again, lead with empathy. So I like to wrap up each episode with a call to action. And so the next time that you meet with a parent and it, they are talking to you about an issue and it's, time for, and it's your turn to talk, just have the first three words out of your mouth be first of all and I promise you that it will move things in the right direction of them feeling heard and having their feelings validated. And I think you will have better meetings. So let's wrap it up. I've created another free resource for you called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. This is a 10 page PDF that will help keep your staff and students safe and help keep you and your school out of court. Litigation is expensive and time consuming and extremely stressful. And this common sense guide will help you to be more intentional and proactive when it comes to protecting your school. And you can grab the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit at the privateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. And if you're getting value from this podcast, I would love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's m-a-r-k.o.m-i-n-k-u-s at gmail.com. And just let me know about a strategy that you're using or email me with a pain point, and maybe that becomes a future podcast episode. Um, Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And the show notes for today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 52. A new episode of this podcast comes out every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I would really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast, because that helps the algorithm push... This out as suggested podcast content for leaders all over the world. I'm on Instagram at the private school leader or Twitter at the PS leader. And again, if you get any value from this podcast, it would just be a huge, huge, huge favor to me if you would share this with another leader in your life, uh, at your school, an aspiring leader at your school, and just hopefully they can get help from this content as well. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all the hard work that you're doing at your school as you serve your students and your teachers. Thank you for taking some of your precious time to join me here today, and I will see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.